Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Brian. Michael. Brian. Who's back? The Nets. Do you want to do a drop right now? Get it out? Get it out of the way? Double drop? No, no, no. no. I'm going right. to contain myself. We'll, uh, Nets are back. We'll talk about that. Sounds good. To the glue guys, this is Mike Hearsay O'Brien. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com. The Athletic, get yourself behind that paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys. Michael. The Nets are back. Are you okay? Did I blast your ears? I like the way you barked at the end. The Nets. Honestly and truly, uh, deeply within our souls, the Nets, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets, the Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving-led Nets. Wow. Don't know how much I can still celebrate that, but they are on the precipice of being back. Brian, how are you? I'm good. I'm noticing in your background, you've, things have changed. No, no more <laughs> are we looking at what was, I don't know what that looked like before, um, a wall. It's called a wall. That was in no a, in, in the previous post. place. No, it was like a there was like a, a quilt hanging over. It looked like <laughs> <laughs> it was a. Well, it was for, like, for, this is for the YouTube audience. Yeah. Go to uh, the Glue Guys on YouTube. That's right. Uh, subscribe. Smush the follow. Oh, nice. Dive done. in. <laughs> um, yes. I, I, so I moved. I've moved to a new house in the old house in the office. I was lucky enough to have my own office space. It it was a floral background. It looked which, like an agor one of those agoraphobic, like a quilt thing covering the the agoraphobic. Yeah, like when you're afraid of going outside and you just have like all your your windows covered with heavy blankets. <laughs> and, and those people happen to love floral, heavy blankets. Whatever you know, windows. that's what quilts often come in. They come in floral sure. patterns. You know. Anyways, yeah. Mike, we've won some games here, and um, Woo! basketball. We don't have to get. We're just gonna go right into the mailbag quick. But I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> We did some. We have a ton thing. of we have a ton of emails. Netspot at gmail Thank you, everyone. I gotta say, we emails. this is the most we've ever gotten. So if we don't get to your email, we apologize in advance. But it's the email sphere is back and alive. Something about this Christmas miracle um, made. I mean, the Christmas miracle of James Harden being back. I don't know what happened here, Mike, uh, but he's dunking all over you. Okay, James Harden on fire. Before we get to the email, can I just read one quote? I, I know there's emails probably about James Harden. Right, let's. So this is after. So the Nets took a week pause because of COVID. Uh, they beat the Lakers on Christmas Day. I understand everyone's a little anxiety written over the fact that the Lakers nearly came back down from 20 points to beat the Nets. 
but the Nets won the game. It's about W's and L's, baby. The Nets got the W. And then the Nets beat this very odd Clippers team that doesn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. But they got Luke Kennard, Mike, so, you know, no excuses. No excuses. Real Kennard in the coal mine, you know what I'm saying? Anyways. Classic. You're um, locked in. The, this is what James Harden said after this. So James Harden had probably his best game of the year, right, against the Clippers, I think. I would say so. Triple-double, 30 But just the points. way he did it, getting to the rim and finishing at will, beating, taking everybody with a crafty first step, just Bledsoe and his narrow hips were not ready for that level of mojo, <laughs> Michael. This is what I love. This is after the game. They, you know, the reporters ask James Harden, what's different? You know, you had a week off because of COVID or almost like two weeks. What's different? says, I'm starting to feel good. I was starting to feel good right before then, that break, that COVID protocol or rest or whatever you want to call it. It could have went two ways. I just locked it on my body, my Mm. eating. And when I was able to start working out, I felt good. My body felt good. The thing I want to ask you, Brian, lock it. He's now locking in on his eating. His eating has been locked. Most of us on the Christmas season, we lock out. We we bust open the locker. Uh, It's a free-for-all for the eating. I've eaten... I think about 15 cookies in three days. Wow. You're just staring right into the abyss, Mike. You don't care anymore. You're not up. even, I'm yeah. not even adding in the amount of banana bread. This boy, <laughs> wow. I, I've eaten the, wow. the pound of the poundage of banana bread. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm happy for James Harden, professional athlete making $40 million. It's now lot. His eating's locked in. Oh, you're I'm, taking, I'm, you're taking I'm that. I'm glad. Path. No, I'm glad. Lock it. I'm glad it took, it took COVID. I, he's just, you know, he's saying in that period of time where it can go either way, you know, and you either, you can, you can take the you break. You can go the, Lu- the can, Luka Doncic way or the, yeah, you could do yeah, every what is, other NBA player. What's Luka eating? That's getting him, that's getting him puffy like that. He's, he just, it feels there's like a salt, of, a lot of salt intake. I feel like there's a lot of cream based, the, <laughs> the Jewish, uh, ancestral diet, um, is very aligned with sort of Eastern European, uh, yeah. which is where Luca hails from. So it's a lot of like sugar, meats, and cream. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, and I appreciate sugar, all of those meats things. and cream. Like, I don't, where's do you know the sugar Kugel, coming? Yeah. Do you know what Kugel is, Brian? I think, I think I know. I mean, remind me. Kugel is one of the most insane culinary dishes known to mankind. It It is a noodle yeah. cake right. that has like raisins in it and sugar and and like a cream, but nobody's it's, really it's like th- eating Kugel, isn't it? It's not. Is it that popular? Is you're eating Kugel? Yeah, I'm, people no. people eat Kugel. I don't believe, and it. and it's Easter anyway. So, can I ask you one more? I like Ling- lingonberry sauce. I know that this is more Scandinavian, but you know, as far as that is a totally different place. Bro. I know. I'm just saying in terms of getting it's sugar like saying, in on the meats. I mean, that's a good way okay, to get. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know. Have you been seeing these Zach Levine, Zion Williamson, Mountain Dew commercials? We're going to get the email for all listeners, yeah. but I saw some. Yeah. How uh, do you have a second about our thick boy, our thick boy, Zion oh, Williamson? Sure. Well, he is. He's big. He's a big boy. He should not be doing commercials for soft drinks. Yeah. He really like, he needs to, he needs to it's like a before sure. and after. <laughs> yeah. Um, his agent should know better than to get his brand all, all identified up with, with soft drinks and with colas. It, the the commercials him it's not even them playing basketball it's him sitting on a couch playing video games and yeah, drinking and soda crushing crushing Mountain bro, Dew bro you're three twenty whoa you're calling you're th- you're three twenty anyways let's uh netspot at gmail.com. let's dive first, in first up sure boy. boy that'll be Eddie America Mensa. 
I'm trying to channel my Bruce Buffer, you know, the guy from um, UFC. Get it? He's got yeah. a good good grit to it. <clears throat> it's going to make me have to clear my throat, though. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, he says, why is there such an obsession from our Nets fan base to start Joe Harris no matter what? I think Patty Mills is simply more clutch. And Joe Harris is a defensive liability. We are overthinking the second unit because we can always play Harden, Patty, or Kyrie with Harris in the second unit. Benching Patty could potentially impact his rhythm. Uh, Mike, Eddie, America, Mensa brings... He also says, happy holidays, Glue Nation. Um, So that's for everybody. Um, Eddie brings up an interesting point. Patty Mills has ascended. He has has ascended. Um, He is a... You know, pretty obviously a starter level uh, combo guard at in the at the in the NBA level, like at the NBA level. Um, what do we do with all this talent? How do we stagger it when both Kyrie and Joe Harris, two perceived starters, are coming back um, in not too long after one another? Um, Pierce Kyrie be well, well first, but um, <clears throat> does he just? Sla- I mean, it's more, I would say that in Eddie's com- uh, question here, he's misallocating this Joe Harris thing where it could very well be just Kyrie Irving who, who bumps Patty out of the way. Um, if we're, sure. if we're looking at those two stacked up, uh, against each other. So, um, are you worried about rotation issues? Are you worried about Patty going back to the bench and losing his mojo? Um, are you you're not, you're not worried about any of that? I, I am so convinced. I've so thoroughly enjoyed the Patty Mills experience. It, it is even greater than what I expected. And when, when the Nets signed Patty Mills, you and I, like everyone, everyone else, but you and I would talk specifically about how Patty Mills is like one of those guys who will win you like a playoff game or two, even a finals game, by just hitting a big shot or having like a thirty point. He won. Burst. He won Christmas for us. He did Christmas. He won Christmas. He won Christmas. Um, and so I'm like a big believer in Patty Mills's intestinal fortitude to be able to oscillate between starter bench guy to be able to oscillate between like pure role player shooter to, Hey, you need to handle the ball a bunch and like put up 35 points. He is this unique role in the NBA where he can both be the microwave scorer or just be a guy who's like a background player at times and just hitting open shots. Yeah. Um, so I have all the faith in the world, but I guess my question to you, Mm -hmm. would you, so would you prefer the lineup of, Kyrie, Harden, Kevin Durant, any big, whether it's LaMarcus or Nick Claxton, and Joe Harris as a wing, bigger wing defender. Not that Joe's a great defender, but at least he's got more huskiness to him, more height. Or do you just go pure, we're going to set fire to the world, and Patty Mills is going to be there. Patty's a better ball handler than Joe. I mean, they're both pretty much equal as shooters at this point, which is crazy to say. But Patty has that sort of more versatility within the offense to be able to light fire to the world where Joe is the consistent, hey, he's just going to be open. If he's open, he's hitting it. But like beyond that, he's not really doing much for you at this point. Where where do you slot that in? Where where do you think is maximized? Uh, I still I still like Patty Mills coming off the bench when everyone is back with this team. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, and this isn't how basketball lineups work, but I think Patty is just the better player at this point. Um, yeah, which is, I agree. Which that. is, you know, a weird way of thinking about it because that's not you know necessarily what's important. Um, I would say actually going back to Glenn Wise question, what who's really the people who are really going to hit 
the editing room floor is, is the Javon Carter. So like imagine we're replacing Javon Carter with Kyrie Irving. You know, that's in effect what's about to happen here. Um, and so then Patty Mills <clears throat> gets kicked into those minutes. Um, so that's beneficial uh, in a few ways. Not again, not to dog your boy Javon because uh, <laughs> I've loved I've loved that experience. Um, but yeah, you have. <laughs> wait, wait, I just said to make sure I have not. You I were just not. trying to be I'm nice. Being nice. Um, yeah. There's not a lot there that I like, but um, so but anyways, I guess like I think Joe Joe Harris does just get slotted back into the starting lineup. Um, I hate to say yeah, it, I think because like basically what what makes Patty so valuable is his ability to lead an offense, and you have to kind of spread that thin. You don't need overlapping skill set there. You know where he's been super beneficial lately because James Harden's needed a bunch of better shooting around him. He's just been like, Hey, I'm spot up shooter guy. And I do that at, you know, any incredibly efficient rate. Um, and when Joe Harris can come back, he can do that. And it's actually, it's, I mean, it's a good question ultimately. Cause like if Patty is so elite at that, like, it's like, mm, maybe we should just have him do that. And I mean, what do you do with Joe Harris at that point? I don't know. It's kind of an interesting question. Actually. We always get to this place in these conversations. Where we're talking about lineups. We focus on starters at the beginning, but really the conversation leads to who should be out there in clutch clutch time, the final four to five minutes of a game. I think Patty like Patty Mills is gonna be there in there over Joe Harris. And this is not a slight against Joe Harris, just that Patty's like the, uh, the clutchness uh, clutch. we've we've talked about that. I mean, like Joe Harris is yeah. just does not hit clutch shots, and it's a real failure of his. And Patty is I mean, he's won at least one or two championships before. I mean, he hit the Lakers shot. The one where Russell Westbrook totally just forgot to play defense yeah. and avoided covering Patty Mills, who at that point was the best shooter on the floor. How about the Nick Claxton Aliyub situation? I mean, we haven't gorgeous, and he, he, you know, he hit a couple of difficult finishes against the Clippers last night. Yes, a couple of squeaky, contested layups that you I haven't seen a lot of lately. I got my eye on. I don't it. know if we have a Nick Nick Claxton. We do. Question it's going to come right now. Let's do it. That's why I was bringing. I was trying to you know ham fist that in there. Yeah, here it comes. Yeah. Cheer boy, this is Sean Rowan. Love the name Rowan. Mike, do you think he did that for you? Son's name. Um, <coughs> hey, Brian and Mike. Do you think he? <laughs> think he? Wait. Do you think he changed think his, he last his last name for for me? For your son? Could be. Yeah, that could I be think it. so. It's a nice gesture. Thank you for that, Sean. That's really sweet of you. He says, "Hey, Brian and Mike. Now that Harden seems to have returned to his S tier self, at least for now." Claxton has really benefited in the last two LA games after our COVID postponements. With that in mind, let me manufacture some tension and ask A, would you be willing to trade Nick Claxton before the deadline? And B, if so, who or what would you trade him for? We seem to be in a position where we no longer need to have Claxton be our only defender, but he is still one of the best we have and is the only center, air quotes, on the team. Love the show, and thank you for discussing my question, your boy, Sean Rowan. Thank you so much. Um, Brian, manufacture tension. You ready? Three, two, one. Manufacture tension. Thank you. So what's the question? Would you be willing to trade Nick Laxton? You go pro-trade, I go anti-trade. Ready? Go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you trade Nick Laxton, you're going to get something really good and very useful, because that's that's the place I'm at now. So I've been getting more and more bullish mm. on our boy Nick. He's playing way better. He's playing the role that I think they wanted him to play at the beginning of the year before he had the mystery illness, before he invented variants within his body and has unleashed them upon the yeah. world. Um, or he slipped into the multiverse 
and fought Spider-Man. I don't know which Slip, scenario. Or slipped into a multiverse and had a makeout party, which is what I've been speculating the whole time. Or he was one of Issa's boyfriends <laughs> in the last episode before she ends up with who she ends up with, which I'm not going to say. I'm not going to ruin it. I don't even know who this is. Insecure. Oh, gosh. It's a, they just wrapped up the, the series. Wow. Nick Claxton. You only trade him. So here's a good thing. He's playing so well. You only trade him if, in fact, you're going to get something very, very good uh, at the trade deadline. What would be very, very good? I don't know. Like, I'm almost like going to get, I'm not saying one for one, but I'm talking like that the Pacers level of player, like the Sabonis, Miles Turner level guy, the someone on the Kings who you maybe really, really want. It has to be a high-level starter on a bad team. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas on the Pelicans. Nick Claxton now becomes interesting. If he continues to play the way he's playing, the only way you trade him is if you get a really strong piece in the play for a guy who you know is going to be out there for the playoffs. Because the only thing is, as much as I love Nick Claxton right now, I still don't know if he's going to do this in the playoffs against that's true the bucks and all those people so like the the their but his value was going up but how do you feel like do you like, is nick claxton untradeable at this point like almost like reasonably untradeable um well so for me it's really about the contract situation um because it's and this is goes into a whole bunch of other interconnected parts, which will get muddy and difficult to know pretty quickly. But like, and again, it's, it's there's but there's local municipalities and ordinances at play that will sure, will affect sure. all can't, of this. Can't forget those. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah, because like if you know we continue to just have these like really st- strong held mandates going into next season, doesn't really make a whole ton of sense to sign Kyrie Irving to play yet another half a season, maybe if that. Ooh. Um, so there's a whole lot of things that have to get sorted out. Um, we talked about what his value is currently open market. Um, we kind of, we lofted out the Nerlens Noel number. And I think, I still think that that feels about right at the moment, which is like 9 million. It's the mid-level, it's the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, I believe, which is about nine, 10 million, right? Yes, it's, I think that was the it number. Goes, it's between nine and 10. Cause I think there, there's a little poison pillish at the end or something. Um, yeah. Uh, but we get to fact checkers can, can, uh, confirm on that, uh, army of glue nation fact checkers. But yeah, I mean, so do we have the money to pay him? And if we don't, is it worth it to let him walk on the potentially open market, uh, next season to have him finish out what could be a championship year for us, despite the fact that he's got basically no record of being useful in the playoffs. Um, it's a tricky question, Mike. That's not as easy as people are making it out to seem. Well, the, the good thing is that the Nets do. So LaMarcus Aldridge is one of the three guys who's going to come back from COVID protocol. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LaMarcus Aldridge are all coming back yeah. uh, from, from COVID protocol. love that we just went LaMarcus, in and beat both the LA teams without like all of our starters, but James Harden. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. But can I, the Lakers win was news. legit. Like, the, the, no, the LA teams are fake The news. Clippers yeah. are are bad. Yeah. Like the Clippers are bad without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like they're not they, Marcus Morris is the best player they have. They really rolled they, over they, and died too. They didn't they didn't want to be there at all. Yeah, th- that team is going to be kind of weird. They're also playing like Brandon Boston. Like he was getting like ISOs. Yeah. And like I know people like Brandon Boston on Twitter, but he's also like not Kawhi Can Leonard. Can I do and Paul a quick George. shout out to the Discord and the Dirty Stream because this is yes, you know there's a guy named Amir Coffee. 
um, on, yes. on, do you like this? Jo- it's like the nickname could be a light breakfast for him, a light breakfast, <laughs> just a mere coffee. Just a, this is from butt toucher for 20, uh, you know, huge pr- prominent member of the discord and dirty stream. Shout out to them. Link to the discord in the Twitter bio. And also below, if you're watching on YouTube in the description, I had to get it in there, Mike. Um, so, yeah, do you get so, it, a mere coffee? Just yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, the the Clippers announcer last night, because I was rewatching before we got on here, said like the Clippers are really liking his blend of his game. That's uh, not as good as a mere coffee. Just one. It's a mere. Yeah, I, I get. <laughs> you don't. It. I, I, really I, I understand. Really, I don't, you don't get it. So the no, I I, <laughs> I get it. I understand. I went to journalism. Okay, okay, okay. I believe you. Um. So even though I was manufactured tension pro trade Nick Claxton, it's truly like it's it's a really hard question. The thing is also I shouldn't give I shouldn't care about Joe Sai's money. And ultimately we're having to grapple with caring about Joe Sai's money. Because all if Nick Claxton only is gonna make nine million dollars next year, if that's truly it, which I it's gonna be hard to imagine he's gonna get like a twenty million dollar a year contract. Can't be. It, it's it's like a real that'd be a big leap. If, if you can get a starting center for nine mil, like the New Orleans Noel contract, that's what they should be going for at this point. So if you can't pay that as the owner, I know you're paying for a lot of other things like that. That's a value. That's a value. And if you look at Nick Claxton's peripheral defensive stats, not even peripheral, the on the nose defensive stats, he's like a top of the league defensive player. He is the most devastating switch big man in the NBA. He's the number one big man at switching onto guards, wings, anyone else. He's obviously not like a fantastic, pure man-to-man post defender, but there really aren't that many guys like that anyways in the NBA. I know you can be afraid of Embiid. Uh, Giannis is not technically a post-ish player, but he operates in the post at times. Jokic, but ultimately... The thing you value as a big is switchability. Claxton's the best at that. It just comes back to the playoff question. And I do get a little worried that like we're going to get to the playoffs and he's not going to realize, oh, I have to play better. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be able to play better. Um, so it's like, who are you going to get? Is Miles Turner ultimately that much better? I don't know. Like, is Miles Turner guarantee me a championship? I don't know. I can't answer that. Mm. So... The good thing is, if Nick Claxton continues to play this well, the Nets are both going to increase his trade value, and they're going to have a better player on their team. So it's a good position. Love it. I love Nick Claxton. It's great, Mike. Do you want to take a quick break, and then we got twelve more minutes before we're at the forty-minute mark? So we got a, we have five thousand more we're emails. Plow through. Them. Yes. Sorry. Yep. Yes. So quick, quick break. break. Coming right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back, Brian. Let's jump in to the next email. Netspot.gmail.com. It's true, boy. That's Chleb. <laughs> Chleb. 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 C-H-L-E-B. Chleb. Schleb. Schleb. Um, hi, Brad and Mike. Longtime Discord and Twitch stream lurker in hindsight, assuming we still got KD, would you rather have kept D'Lo instead of signing Kyrie? Also, <laughs> what are the odds of a Sean Kilpatrick 10 day in the midst of health and safety protocols? Um, <clears throat> Chubb, love, love it. Love you. Thanks for being there. But no, 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 no D'Lo, no D'Lo for you. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I we talked about this really early on in <clears throat> how there was that conversation. It's like, why are we even doing this? Delo is like basically Kyrie, and it's just so, just so different, just so vehemently different, so yeah, drastically. And different. it's there, it's really um, just a matter of like we didn't, we never had you know talent of this level. You know, it's taken it's taken a while for like. You know, well, we've become jaded now and we've taken it all for granted, which is that's that happens immediately. You know, it's really amazing how the human condition can just adapt to, you know, being a snob or being like a victim so quickly, you know. And so we're yeah. snobs now and not victims. And I don't have to, you know, advocate for D'Lo anymore and his inefficient, chucky, but, you know, aesthetically pleasing. And I like him a lot, but it's just not the same. Just ain't it. I'd rather have part-time Kyrie than full-time D'Lo. Damn, there it is. And I agree. Um, um, Sean Kilpatrick, 10-day. I love it. I got upset when the Celtics signed Joe Johnson to a 10-day. Dude, I've been loving this um, weird little narrative in the middle of the season of, like, the, you know, a new challenger has arrived, you know, like, <laughs> random callback nostalgic players. This has been fun. I really can't believe that Jamal Crawford. I mean, everyone says this, but, like, the Nets should have signed Jamal Crawford just for the fun of it. Yeah. Just to bring him back and let him ball out and score 40 and then ride off into the sunset like he should. Get him that championship ring. Let him get a championship ring. Okay, next up, Cheer Boy. Cheer Boy. Corey Cantor. Corey, big shout out. <clears throat> says, Dear Glue Guys, I am feeling great about the Nets lately. Exclamation point. Three questions for you this time. What longer-term lessons can the team take from this COVID stretch going back to the last six games? Um, COVID's bad. No. <laughs> longer-term – well, I mean, Ky- I mean, Harden learned some new eating habits, so that's benefit. Hopefully that can <laughs> – hopefully that'll stick. He started working out. Yeah. He does look – he did look, like, actually kind of thinner. On Like, I was watching in the Clippers game. I was like, you – Did you see – really kinda- I don't know if this is a real video, but there was a video of uh, – someone said after the Clippers game, there's video of, like, Harden, and I've seen it, and I just don't know if it's really after the Clippers game. He's shirtless laying on, like, a bench doing – like leg lifts and he's pulling up like a tricep, like a weight with his triceps and like post game. And I, I was like, 
dude, Harden's like he's like Rocky in Rocky Four. You know, he's in his cabin training to fight some Russians. I swear. I mean, I love James Harden so much, and it's and it's this is like exactly how any this is how any guy off the street works out, or like he's just like. You know, spontaneously does it, you know, for a couple weeks, you know, loses some water weight. <laughs> it's like, I'm back. I'm back, boys. Uh, very relatable. Dude, I had a stomach bug and I lost eight <laughs> yeah. pounds in two days. And I was like, God, I should get it. I should and wear a speedo yeah, right immediately now. Immediately bought a floor length mirror. mirror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get it. Um, next up is, sorry, not, not next up. Second question. Now that you've seen these games, what is your updated 10 man rotation? Okay. So let's go quick. Harden, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. That's what's kind of hard is that there's two different teams, road team right. and home team. But so the big three, LaMarcus, Nick Claxton, Joe Harris, Patty Mills is seven, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Bembry is nine, and then 10 is, I'm probably missing Blake, like, oh, Blake? James Johnson. Oh, yeah. Did you get Blake in there? James Johnson. Yeah. James Johnson, perfect. I didn't put Blake in there. I, get, I mean, it's like he, he Blake comes or James Johnson. Yeah. And then like not playing is Paul Millsap, basically. Javon Carter is not going to play. Cam Thomas is not going to play. Guess started where you know what? Cam minutes? Thomas had his like moment, and again, I I'm not dogging him. I swear I'm not dogging oh, him. He didn't he didn't God, execute like I thought he would. I'm just saying he didn't like like it's I the hoped holiday season. How I hoped. Like, it's the holiday season. And his third question: What sort of upgrades do you still think the team needs? And when should Javon Carter start watching his back in case that upgrade becomes available? Um... So it seems like Corey's got his answer. Um, Mike, do you think a third string point guard is what we're in the market for? Because uh, I don't know that that once yeah. pa- once Kyrie comes back and presumably him and Patty are uh, taking up those minutes um, along with Harden. I'm not super worried about the PG rotation. Um, I don't know. Mike, what I do mean, you think we need? I, c- I could see like, like a George Hill type. There's really only one George Hill, which is like George Hill goes from contender to contender, plays – a limited amount of minutes, but he hits open threes. He plays okay defense and he doesn't seem to ruffle feathers. No feathers are ruffled under George Hill. Like I could see that type of guy, but I don't know who that is right now in the NBA. Like, I don't know who is that backup backup point guard who doesn't really care about playing. It's weird to say Uh, we've got, but if he's a steady hand, I don't know that there's a whole lot of like immediate, like once we have Nick Claxton activated in a pick and roll position and we have Kyrie come back to be, Ball handling, combo scoring, minded guard, penetration, bro. I think we have basically. I mean, till I'm. I can't think of something that immediately on my list here on Santa's list. Well, and I think James Johnson. I really like how James Johnson operates on this team. Like, if we remember the Lakers game, who is the guy who threw the ball to Patty Mills when he hit that open three? It was James Johnson. James Johnson just has a gift operating in the paint and then finding shooters outside. Like he is a high assist guy for such a low usage player. And like, he's an awkward, I don't mean awkward in a bad way. He's just like an unusual big. And I've kind of like discovered, or I think maybe he's discovered what his actual like offensive weapon is, which is his like weird, just squeaker baseline layups that he's been getting yeah. to go randomly. Um, he, yeah. He's been, he's been a nice addition. So like, I think the one spot you'd want to upgrade is like a true three and D bro, you know, like another, like kind of taller. If you have a guy who shoots 40% from, from three and plays some and, and D mean, like, and that meanwhile you have Kessler Edwards, who's going to, you know, evolve into that role yeah. in no time. So, um, beautiful. Thank you, Corey. Next up. Cheer boy. That's Dan. Giacavelli. I went with the, traditional pronunciation of that last name um 
So this is a two for. Well, he said, yeah, I get it. <laughs> this is about the health and safety protocols update. But so before we even ask the question. All right. So basically, and I'll read it. How does Steve Nash continue to get this level of play from Harden once our scary hours crew is back in business? Mm-hmm. So he's really asking about how can we maintain James Harden's play? And then he emails us again. He's like, well, 10 seconds after I sent this, I'm seeing that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LaMarcus Aldridge are coming back. Thank you, guys. You're the best podcast ever. I love you. You're the best. I'm going to name all my children after you. Um, I'll donate $10 million in your name. Oh. Dan, that's so sweet well, thanks, um, for you saying that. Um, so I'm going to ask you two questions, Brian. Off a of dance question, real quick. Is James Harden back? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's all I need to see. I just need the two games. That's, that's I'm and I'm being serious too, which is he's just such a weird phenomenon. You know, it's I just believe it's I just believe it. You know, without enough evidence, not even close to enough evidence, I believe it. I I feel he's more back than I've seen him all year. Like the, as you talked about, the burst is there, the step back three is there. Um, what did he have? Like he didn't have 17 free throw attempts against the Lakers, and I think now like four of them are at the end of the game. But still, seventeen free throw attempts. He was like his galloping, free throws are like back. He was galloping back it? on defense. He just his he just seemed springy, you know. What is in his diet? What did he take out and what did he put Truly. in? We have to know. We what, gotta know if he's gonna go straight. This is my it's diet. More chickpeas. More chickpeas. Always that iron. Give a little iron boost. You know, chickpeas are good. Do they have iron? Is that a thing? Yeah, big big iron, <laughs> big iron, all packed with iron, Brian. <laughs> you can listen to Doctor Oz more often. Um. Second question for you. Oh, maybe James, maybe one of our other guys asked this question, but I'm just going to dive in and ask it for you. Um, Kyrie Irving's going to be a part-time player. He's only going to play on the road. We think he's going to play. The first game back will either be the Pacers game next week or the Bulls game the week after. Okay? It's probably the Bulls game the week after. If you're Steve Nash, when you have those road games with Kyrie, do you maximize the time with the big three? Meaning you play those guys, those three players basically together the whole time so that they get their chemistry together. Or do you use it as an opportunity to kind of let like Harden rest a little bit, like like let Kyrie get back in the groove of things, like Kevin Durant rest a little bit, where it's like there's going to be like Harden's going to sit a game that Kyrie's going to play just to get his body right, continue to get the good food, get that chickpea that iron deficiency up, up the iron or, or again, do you maximize the minutes? Do you do everything you can to play those three together? You know, it's so interesting because it's such a weird and, and it's a, it's a new age COVID problem to have because basically we've got two separate rosters for away and home games. And it's like, what's better? Like basically getting, getting the, the roster so that when they have the away games, they're super adapted at your, or comfortable playing together or, get it so that the people who are are playing when Kyrie is not playing have more reps together and have like, so like basically like creating it. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't yeah. decide what's actually better. I mean, I think like the goal would be like, okay, you want to play at the highest elevated, you know, power potential of the team when it counts the most, but you can only do that half the time. So it's still a weird problem to have. Um, I don't know that I have a. Gr- I, I know that your answer for this is that you want them to get that chemistry right away, yeah. but I'm not sure that I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I do if I want to spread that thin. Well, you you almost have to play it with Nash 
you don't want to play them playoff minutes, but you want to play them how you would use them in the playoffs. Um, and I think you really have to like, I think no matter what Kyrie, when he's on the floor, should be playing with James Harden or with Kevin Durant all the time. Cause I don't, there's really no use for me. If it's just like Kyrie lineups with Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and you know, James Johnson, like, I don't really, there's not a value in that besides the fact that like Kyrie can just, you know, do ISO ball the whole time and really get back in the flow of things. I almost don't even care about Kyrie Irving's flow mm. because he's going to, he's a part-time player and he, it will be impossible for him to achieve maximum flowage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's got some gunky pipes and there's no plumbing snake in the world. That's going to ungunk those pipes because he's a part-time player. It's going to be really so, interesting. Like trying to predict how I'll feel about like <clears throat> Kyrie Irving coming in and like, imagine if we like, like, Coming off the bench. Uh, There'll be such a microscope on like away versus home records and stuff like that. Like in a way that you just never, I've never, I'll never have paid attention to this kind of thing before. It's going to be super compelling. And people are just going to be looking to like have their, they have their pitchforks ready for this dude one way or the other. Uh, So like if, if if either side of that is like substantially like uh, lopsided, it's going to be, it's going to be an issue. Well, he doesn't care what well, those issues are. I mean, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. he. I mean, at this point, he's so far gone. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty. It's kind of crazy. That Bulls game. Do you know what time that game is? It's a 10 p.m. tip. What? Why? I don't have, I don't have any clue why. It's Chicago. It's at Chicago. It's a time zone over. So it means it's a 9 p.m. tip in Chicago. Right. Isn't Chicago only Mount, like central? Is time this because of postponements or something? Or are they trying to like sneak in games? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's and it's it's a 10 p.m. So you and I are going to have to be up at t- 10 p.m. I'll tell you what I dirty I dirty, I dirty streamed the Clippers game last night. Uh, was up the entire time and it was a party. We had a great time. Here here's one advantage for the Nets with the Skyrie situation. So it doesn't seem like it's going to be the Pacers game January 5th, but January 12th, which is that the Bulls game, they play there. Then they have two games at home against the Thunder and Pelicans, two of the worst teams in the NBA. Then they play four games on the road, two games at home, and then five games on the road. So pretty immediately, with Kyrie coming back, he's going to knock out 10 road games in the span of like 14 games, um, which will allow some chemistry. And then after that, it's like a mix of road and home where there's no long homestand. I mean, really, for the rest of the season, the Nets' longest homestand is three games in March. The rest of the season, it's pretty much like oscillating between road and home, and mostly it's road games. Um, so we're going to see a lot of Kyrie Irving, you know, and and then and then the season's over, and um, hopefully he gets vaccinated mm-hmm. so we can play in playoff games. Let's do one more email or two quickies. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna fly through this. <clears throat> uh, first up, cheer boy. That's Vishesh. I didn't do the sounder. Where's the, you okay, I'm gonna it? get in the Padnati, Mike. You. <laughs> that was horrible. Bad job by me. 
I'm trying and, to make And here Vishesh, he says, I'm Vish, a long time Nets fan who just discovered the pod during the oh. pandemic, Mike, and you've ruined his intro. <laughs> you son of a... Sorry, Vish. I guess there were Vish, some good things that came Vish. out of Lockdown. Hey, that's that's a silver lining. Um, first time asking a question. I'm wondering what the big man rotation <laughs> looks like, like if everyone's healthy and ramped up. Does St. Nick get the start over? LaMarcus, does Blake even play? Uh, good, questions, good questions. Good questions. First, Quick. let me ask you, Brian, yeah. do you think the pandemic was worth it for the fact that for uh, Vish, Vish found us. Vish found worth us it. during the pandemic. Worth it. it was worth it. Um, okay, I am also Brian. What do you think? So d- does Lamarcus move back? I think he moves back in the starting lineup out of respect, and that Nick Claxton plays bench units while James Harden's on the floor because Harden Nick Claxton chemistry is like the thing that they have to nurture. So I think it's Lamarcus starts. Nick Claxton gets the, his eighteen to twenty. And Blake, like, doesn't really play basketball anymore. Love it. <clears throat> I'm going to do this last one, okay? Yeah. This is Cheer Boy, James Boysitz. 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 Hey, guys, big fan. I've grown tired of the Nash hate. I think any fan base is just going to blame the coach for everything no matter what. However, he has found the perfect roles for Bruce Brown, Bembry, and others. Seems to get the best out of his guys, well, except for Javon Carter. Lol, in your face, Javon. They close out games. They blow leads late, but sure, that's the NBA. Basketball is a game of runs. Um, so, anyways, goes and defend Nash. Mike, pro or anti-Nash. By the way, James, thank you. And everybody who emailed other than that, I'm so sorry. We'll get to you next time. Um, definitely get around. Massive to- Nash fan. Massive. I, I I think there's probably like, it's like there's some things that you could quibble. There could be quibbling, but he does find, he figures out how to maximize role players. He's willing to tell role players and banish them to the bench <laughs> and basically be like, hey, you're not good enough, but stay ready because we may need you later. Blake was banished and now he's playing basketball. Yep. And we all feel good about that. Um, he has the larger picture in mind. And I'll go back to the Kyrie Irving situation. No one, no coach in the NBA, mm. no coach could have handled the Kyrie Irving anti vax kerfuffle as good as Steve. You think, Nash. You think Steve a Van Nash Gundy can handle it? Hell no. Hell no. 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 There, half the coaches in the NBA would have. Would just be like, I had enough of this Kyrie guy. And he they would have demanded a trade. They would have yelled at the GM, trade this guy. I don't want to deal with him anymore. Steve Nash understands talent. That's right. He understands That's right. humans. You know, he's he's um, adaptable in in uncertain times, like we are. Adaptability is becoming a you know a, a very important trait for a coach for a, for a, for strategery purposes. Um, so, you know, he's maybe the most adaptable dude that I've ever seen in a coaching position. I think like in another season where it was, where there was less randomness happening and less curveballs, you know, maybe that would be less good, but that's not the case. And it hasn't been the case for two years. And it's looking like it's still not going to be the case next year. So it's been pretty good. I think ultimately my one Steve Nash right, question is, is it's nothing to do with his coaching. It has to do with his life. Oh, do you think he like has enjoyed becoming a coach? Because before he was the Nets head coach, he was this like super fun, like substitute teacher, like assistant assistant with the Warriors, where he would fly into San Francisco, hang out with Kevin Durant, shoot up some shots, talk about basketball, and then he could go home to his family. And now he's in the two years that he's been the coach for the Nets, he's 
you know, dealt with like, you know, he's been coaching in a pandemic. He's been coaching guys and they get hurt. You know, he's had massive lineup changes. I, I think the Nets have probably have, have had more lineup changes over these two years than any other team in the NBA, I would imagine. Um, and, you know, it's pretty stressful. Like, do you do you think he's enjoyed coaching this team? A, would you have had fun question. coaching this team? I, I was, when I, he first got here, I was more worried about, I was like, you know, the, it's kind of a pain in the ass to live in Brooklyn. Like, it's really, it's hard to get around. And, like, it's cold, you know, and it gets really hot, too. But, um, you know, it helps that he's incredibly wealthy. So, like, that, that you know, that mitigates a lot of those <laughs> those tra- types of stressors. Um but aside from that, I mean, I got to tell you, I think he's like finding a stride here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just like such a like uh, he's just one of those, you know, low key, an, an actual killer, a psycho killer, you know, like just under the surface. And and all the nice guy bravado is is just it's all BS to get get his foot in the door and start killing. Um, you know, maybe that's the case. I can't tell. He's he's kind of enigmatic and um, which I like about him. Um so I I don't know that we'll ever know. I don't know if, even if he told me I like it here, I, I wouldn't believe him. I don't think. Now I don't know. I just think th- I guess this wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But like Nash just kind of feels like a guy who, if they win the championship this year, he's the type of person who's like, well, I did what I wanted to do. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and hang out with my family. Exactly. I mean, it's anytime you it's know? just it could just go. There's just no. There's never he'll keep be here for 20 years and it'll still feel like that. I think. Yeah, because I was thinking about him. Like I was thinking about him and Eric Spolstra. Like I love Eric Spolster as a coach because of his adaptability. Like he's very the Heat and he are very good at taking like this Max Struess guy. They never rebuild the Heat. They never do it. They find these guys. They they put them in and they start let them yeah. you know play a certain role. And they do well. Nash is really good at that. And I you know but Spolster's been there for now. What is it now? Twenty years. And like is Nash going to be that? Mm. It would be great. I mean, if he was here for twenty years, that means that. The Nets have been winning some basketball games. That's true, big true. I just don't know um, if that. I think that's our show. That was a great. That was a great podcast. show. If you would like to re- uh, review it, you can do that, and that would be awesome for us, Mike. Because five stars, we want to win. Eat them, and I think you're Jones, and you gotta have, have to have, have them. At uh, BK Glue guys, the Twitter, Discord. Please join us. There's a, a thriving community. Um, we also do dirty streams on Twitch. Links in the Discord to that. Uh, we are brought to you by Nets Daily and The Athletic. Um, we're going to Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Idaho, Poughkeepsie. American Samoa. American Samoa, Papua New Guinea. We're going everywhere, Mike. We're taking over. Y'all. Yeah.